Welcome to the Back Row Fantasy Show with your hosts, Jeremy Barker, Aaron Arms, and Chad Middle. Welcome everybody to the Back Row Fantasy Show. I am your uh, solo host this evening. It's Bark. Uh, Arms, not here tonight. Knit, uh, not quite in San Antonio, but not here as well. Uh, but I'm bringing you a special interview-only episode of the show. Uh, we were lucky enough to have uh, a couple great guys on the show. Now, before I announce those guys, uh, got to warn you guys, uh, the ones that listen to us for the first 10 to 15 minutes, which is the uh, the crazy stuff, the the brutal stuff, the the uh, singing, uh, the stuff that runs off uh, probably most of our subscribers after they listen to a few shows. You're not going to get any of that with this one. I ran a Twitter poll, asked who wants to hear an interview episode, who wants to hear a regular episode, or who wants to hear both. Uh, overwhelmingly, the results are both. So we're going to give you both. Uh, I'm going to give you these interviews, and uh, then Wednesday we'll we'll give you the, the normal show uh, with me, Arms and Knit. So without further ado, uh, my first guest on the show is going to be uh, none other than Mitchell Renz, uh, head writer for Gridiron Experts, and he'll tell you a little more about who he is and where he's from. Uh, but this is this is a guy we've been following from the beginning. Writes great articles, a uh, lot of lot of good stuff contributed to the fantasy football community, and I've been excited uh, to have him on the show for quite a while. This has kind of been in the works for a little bit. And uh, luckily, I'm a big Jarek McKinnon truther, and me and Mitch are going to talk a little bit of uh, Jarek McKinnon. All right, guys, I got Mitchell Renz on the line. Mitchell, if you uh, would, tell the folks a little bit about what you do and where you're from. Awesome. So I'm actually from central Pennsylvania, a small town called Danville, PA. Shout out to them, uh, the 570. Scranton is a real place, by the way, uh, if anybody watched The Office, but uh, my name is Mitchell Renz. You can follow me on Twitter at MitchellRenz365. I'm the full-time writer and senior writer at Chat Sports. We're essentially the ESPN version of Facebook. And I'm also an on-air analyst there covering mainly NFL and fantasy football. I'm on also writer for Gridiron Experts and Fantasy Pros, where I have my specialty in fantasy football, which is why I'm here today to talk to you guys and Really excited, man. Thanks uh, Thanks for the invite. Oh, no, I appreciate it. And uh, we've actually been working on this for, I don't know, probably a matter of months. So I'm glad we finally were able to put it together. And you're actually bringing the perfect article for uh, some things that are going on on the Back Row Fantasy Show. So it's a, a perfect time to have you on. And we definitely appreciate it. And yes, I do watch The Office. I actually just finished watching the uh, last episode and I cried a little bit. Yeah, it's uh, I got emotional once it ended. However, I was a little late to the party in in terms of watching The Office. I was, but I would say right now my top show on Netflix. If it's only got one series, it's called Big Mouth. It's like a pretty dirty cartoon. I'm just saying, if you kind of have like a sexual mind, maybe like I do, um, it's uh, it's it's an amazing show. It's absolutely hilarious. So that's my next recommendation. That sounds like it's right up my alley. I watch a little uh, BoJack Horseman at the moment. That's that's some animated, slightly sexual uh, stuff as well. I, I'm telling you right now, that's not even close to comparing to Big Mouth. If you watch the league, it's uh, a lot of the guys from the league, like Rafi is basically 13-year-old version of Rafi as a cartoon, and then uh, Nick Kroll or Ruxin is basically his exact same person as a sixth grader. And they're going through 
puberty and it's uh it's an amazing show <laughs> i'm absolutely i'm absolutely going to check it out then because uh rafi if i'm if i'm getting that right i believe he's also on brooklyn 99 which is one of the shows i frequent yeah no rafi is the exact same character in everything because i'm pretty sure he's just himself so <laughs> it's amazing Awesome. Well, as a uh, Jarek McKinnon truther, uh, you know, I read your latest, one of your latest articles, and uh, that's what we uh, decided to discuss because he is, uh, I, I wouldn't put him at Saquon Barkley hype level, uh, but if, if you want to take that next guy that there's a lot of hype surrounding and also a lot of question marks, uh, I, I think Jarek McKinnon is that guy. So tell, tell us a little bit about uh, the article in your blind comparison on Jarek McKinnon. Awesome. So yeah, so Fantasy Pros was luckily or gave me the opportunity to start my own series for them. So it's NFL blind comparisons. And what I try to do for people who don't know what a blind comparison article is, it's when I compare players using qualitative and quantitative analysis blindly. And I know you're not supposed to use the word in the definition, but I'm an advocate of these blind comparisons because it's just like a useful method where we can avoid bias. Like so many times we just say two players' names and we just say, Oh, I want, you know, player, I want the guy with the bigger name over the guy who I think maybe actually deserves it. And you can look at things with stats and certain things like that. And sure, you can skew things, but I like to use these blind comparisons. But, you know, I really wanted to focus on a guy like Jarek McKinnon because he's, I would say right now, one of the most popular names in fantasy football. And there's two types of people when analyzing Jarek McKinnon. You have type A, who's thinking he's going to be a breakout. And then you have type B who thinks he's just going to be an absolute bust. For me, when I first sat down and I wrote the article, I thought I was type B. Like, I'm thinking, like, this guy was a big bust. I didn't I didn't know if I was going to be able to live up to the hype. And then I really started digging. And uh, what I found was pretty interesting. So, with McKinnon, right, he signs with the San Francisco 49ers. And I just think, in general, when you sign a running back to a four-year, $30 million deal with $15.7 million guaranteed, this made him the fourth highest paid running back behind, behind only guys like Bell, Devonta Freeman, and LaShawn McCoy, right? Which is, like, obviously some serious elite company. Yeah. Considering a guy who's only carried the ball 400 times, like, well, he has only seven touchdowns in his entire career, and he's never surpassed 160 carries in a season. Like, they are forking out a lot of money for a guy who really hasn't done all that much, and... Sure, like he has, you know, he's got a 74% catch rate, which has been solid, and he is a PPR, I think, monster. But what I really wanted to look at is like, what can we expect from a guy like McKinnon, who is the 96th overall player drafted in the 2014 NFL draft? It's not like he was a guy like Barkley, who was going to be drafted in like, you know, the top 10, or a guy like Todd Gurley or Len Fournette, somebody who has a lot of draft capital. But what I really wanted to look at is, what we can expect from a guy like McKinnon and his new offense in San Francisco in general. So what I wanted to look at is Kyle Shanahan, and I'm a big Kyle Shanahan believer, and for everything that Kyle Shanahan did for that Falcons offense and everything that he's, I think, going to do in the future is something I want to look at. So I looked at Devonta Freeman. Devonta Freeman was an obvious stud when in his first year with Kyle Shanahan, and he was the number one fantasy football running back. And But... The year prior to that, he averaged only 3.8 yards per carry. He had only one touchdown, and his yards per reception was 7.5. Then you look at a guy like McKinnon, 3.8 yards per carry. He had averaged a touchdown every 50 carries. Like, he wasn't all that great on the Minnesota Vikings. So then I was like, hmm, okay. I wonder if maybe Shanahan goes after players with a similar build. 
So McKinnon's 5'9", 205. Devonta Freeman, 5'8", 206. I mean, those are very, very pretty similar just body types and running backs. So then I was like, maybe Shanahan knows exactly what he's looking for in a running back. Maybe he knows just like the exact build and somebody who's going to like really succeed in his offense. So then I went back and I looked at all the teams that Shanahan's coached for, and the Browns threw them out the window because, well, they're the Browns. And <laughs> what I found was pretty interesting. So back in 2008, Kyle Shanahan led, he was his first year with the Houston Texans. And for people that don't remember, Houston Texans that year drafted running back Steve Slayton. Steve Slayton is also 5'9", 205 pounds, the exact size and build of a guy like Jarek McKinnon and guys like Devonta Freeman, both guys who succeeded in with Shanahan. Uh, Slayton was drafted 89th overall. McKinnon was drafted 93rd. And then Freeman, 103, right? So these are guys who are all drafted basically around the similar area, so they all don't have a super high draft capital. But I think what was really interesting is in the very first year with Kyle Shanahan, Devonta Freeman and Steve Slayton both surpassed 1,600 scrimmage yards and had 11-plus touchdowns in that season. Like, they are two running backs who are pretty good. Like, they're, they're I don't want to say like they're athletic freaks, but right. they were two running backs who excelled in Shanahan's system. And I think Shanahan realized, like, okay, like if I can go out and find a running back, a guy who I think could fit in my scheme really well, like, why not go out and do it? And for anybody who doesn't realize how just athletically gifted a guy like Jarek McKinnon is, you're insane. He may be, he may have had the greatest NFL combine of any running back ever. And I, and it's truly remarkable. Like for a running back five nine two oh five to do 32 reps on a bench, like in comparison, that's more than Saquon Barkley, who's much bigger. He ran a 4.41, basically the exact same thing as Barkley. Broad jump of 11 feet, better than Barkley. Vertical jump half-inch shorter than Barkley, better three-cone time than Saquon Barkley, better shuttle time than Saquon Barkley. Like, we were talking about Barkley and all the hype. If Jarek McKinnon, like, his his numbers from the combine, if, I think if it was just, like, in today's, you know, like, wasn't maybe back in 2014, right. like, it, the hype would be insane around McKinnon. So I think when you look at just how talented a guy like McKinnon is, what, what can Shanahan do with him? I think sky's the limit, and it's starting to be a really interesting question, and it's starting to like raise draft capital. And I, I like to hear other people's opinions about him because there are people who are total bust or total breakout, and I still don't know which one I am yet. But it's going to be one hell of a season to find out. It is, and I am, I am a McKinnon truther, so I am definitely on the side that I believe McKinnon is going to be a top five fantasy back this year, and and that is based off the way Kyle PPR and standard. Uh, PPR, PPR. I'm, I'm not going to go as far as standard quite yet. Okay. That, that'd be a little risky. Um, but PPR, I definitely think that McKinnon. Oh, that's why I'm asking. There. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to exactly score all the, the touchdowns in that offense from a running uh, perspective, but yeah, well, when I was like looking at it, when I, when they first signed McKinnon, I was like, well, I don't understand why they're signing a, a running back to be paid that much just to be, you know, their I don't know, like a, a scat back, let's say. Because, I mean, that's kind of all McKinnon's really ever been. I understand he came into the league and Adrian Peterson was still, you know, the AP rushing, like, for the 1,600 yards or whatever AP was doing. And this past year, I mean, he was behind guys like Dalvin Cook, who's, I think, a better running back, and Latavius Murray, who I've never been a fan of. So I was like, okay, Murray and Dalvin Cook actually played pretty well this past year. And I don't really know if McKinnon ran the ball that well, averaging only 3.8 yards per carry behind 
the offensive line when you look at a guy like Cook who averaged 4.8. So for me, I was like, I'm un- I don't really get why Shanahan's bringing in this guy to not be an every-down running back. Well, then I was watching Good Morning Football, and Kyle Shanahan spoke very highly, very, very highly of McKinnon. And like this is exactly his quote. We are excited to have him. We think he's going to be a very good running back for us. People talk about him being a third down back, which he is. He's a very good third down back, and we plan on using him that way. I think he's a good first and second down back, too. Like, to me, when I then, like, go on and I watch the rest of his interview, to me it sounds like he is going to be 100% a three-down running back for the San Francisco 49ers as long as he can hold up. And I think when you really, like, think about his potential in that offense, I think it's an interesting you know, it's definitely interesting. I mean, you're going to look at people who are going to be like, all right, he's on the 49ers. He's going to be Foles gold. Well, I don't know. Jarek McKinnon could straight up just be 28 Jarek gold. Yeah, very, very much so. And I do got to say this in McKinnon's defense, uh, the 3.8 yards per carry. I mean, you, you see a lot of backs in the league that fluctuate from year to year, especially based on usage. And I don't know if McKinnon has ever been utilized enough in the running game uh, to assess a fair yards per carry average. I hate to just go based off of a small, a small sample size when he may be a back that uh, could potentially get stronger as the game goes on with more carries. So I am excited to see Shanahan hopefully commit to him and, and for us to finally see uh, what the combine freak that Jarek McKinnon is can do with a, you know, a three down roll. And I agree. I think, I think running backs in general, like a lot of times people don't realize when a guy does just come in once in a while, it's not easy. I mean, you got to get into a rhythm. You got to learn your offensive lines rhythm, and I, I don't think it's a lot of times fair to judge, justify the three point eight yards per carry either. And I think it's exactly why I compared him to a guy like Freeman. Like Freeman really struggled his first year, and he I don't really think he was that good of a running back. And then Shanahan believed in him, and once you start working with your offensive line, you just start learning that rhythm, and then you just start building confidence. Like that's a big part of it. And McKinnon's a really good football player, and he's a really talented guy. And I I truly believe. Top five PPR is in the realm, but he's also a guy where I, I really need to see it. And if when I hear people like saying top five in PPR or guaranteed top ten, uh, I don't know if I'm going to pay that price tag. But he's to me right now, he is the most interesting player in fantasy football to like dissect because we don't know what we're going to get. But it's very exciting because we've seen the success that Shanahan's had with guys like Steve Slayton and guys like Devonta Freeman. So. I think I can't wait to see with McKinnon and what happens with the 49ers because the 49ers are doing things the right way. If you want to build a, a blueprint on how to build, a, I think, a franchise, I think the 49ers are right now killing it. Yeah, they absolutely are, and, and it is definitely going to be exciting to see. I was actually a little bit of a believer in, in Matt Bereda possibly being able to handle that role, but I think it's best that they went out and, and grabbed a guy like McKinnon and uh, could possibly fall back on Bereda if everything doesn't work out as planned. But I've got to ask, Mitch, um, the the top five running back value, a little pricey for your range. Um, if somebody what, – what if you're getting more of a running back 10 price? Are you going to take the chance and acquire McKinnon? In a PPR league, Jarek McKinnon at RB10 for me, I still don't know. I, I'm I mean it's it's April right so it's I, I still need to see like what some of the moves the 49ers are gonna do I liked a lot of the things that they're doing um, when I read the tea leaves I, I think that he is gonna get a lot of work and RB10 is just a little bit of a stretch for me right now just because I think there are just so many 
so many really talented running backs who've shown me. And I don't know if I want to take the risk on a guy like McKinnon at RB10. If he's going to fall to me in some leagues, which he will, like he's guaranteed he's going to fall in some, but he's also going to get taken really, really high. RB10, though, I don't know if I'm going to do that yet. Fair enough. All right. Well, guys, you heard it first. Uh, Mitch Wren's comparison, blind comparison, Jarek McKinnon. You can read a lot more articles by following him on Twitter. Remind the folks uh, your Twitter handle, Mitch. You guys can follow me on Twitter at MitchellRens365. Uh, I have a PhD in fantasy football, but that's not, I think, what everybody thinks it is. It stands for passion, honesty, and determination. Because without those three things, you're never going to be successful in anything you do. So if anybody wants to learn how to get into the fantasy football world or start writing, please uh, hit me up on Twitter. I'd be more than happy to help. Absolutely. And not to mention, when you're in the vicinity of Scranton, uh, only good things can come from being that close to greatness. No, no doubt. Dunder Mifflin through and through. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Mitch, I appreciate it. This has been a long time coming. I would love to uh, have you on here anytime you get a free chance, but we definitely appreciate appreciate you coming on, talking a little McKinnon. And I like that you threw some Steve Slayton in there because he is slated to be a guest in the upcoming weeks on the Back Row Fantasy Show. And uh, hopefully I get to ask him a little bit about what it was like to uh, run under Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, please do. Please uh, throw in my name and I would, love, I would love to be able to like hear what that is, so you'll definitely have to hit me up once that one's done. I can't wait. Absolutely. 100%. Mitchell, thanks again. I appreciate it. Hopefully everybody else enjoys it. I know I did because McKinnon is a hot name as far as draft boards go in my leagues this year. So thanks again, and we hope to talk to you again soon. All right, man. Thank you again. See you guys. Thanks, Mitch. All right, guys. So that was Mitchell Renz and uh, bringing us good stuff about Jarek McKinnon. Uh, definitely appreciate him coming on the show. Like I said, it's been a long time coming. And uh, next, I'm going to have uh, a, a good uh, good dude that reached out to us, and we reached out to him uh, on the line. We're going to talk a little bit about auction drafts, uh, among other things. And that man's name is Frank Bonencontri. He is from the Fantasy Football Wire on Twitter. Uh, definitely go check him out and give him a follow at the FFL Wire. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. Let's get uh, let's get Frank on the line. All right, folks, I'm here with good friend Frank, also known as the Fantasy Wire on Twitter. Frank, tell the audience uh, who you are, what you do, maybe pronounce your last name for him since I couldn't. I called him a town and country van. Uh, but, but tell the folks what you do, uh, where they can reach you on Twitter, and again with the last name. I don't want to butcher it. Oh, no problem. Frank Bonacontri. I'm writing at the FFL Wire on Twitter. Hooked up with Aaron over at um, FF Dynasty 260. Got some auction auction draft strategies out there for him. Doing a little bit of everything. I know his site's some Dynasty IDP redraft. Um, I've been like writing stuff for quite a while. I've never really gone out and thrown anything out there, so. The past few years, everybody's telling me, yeah, you got to get some stuff going, get out there. So as you can see on my account there, got to get the followers up. You know, I got to get in your, your ranks and stuff there. But just writing some, some articles right now. Um, I got a three-part series going for draft strategies for auction drafts. Um, I'll, I'll write on anything, draft stuff. Once the season starts, we'll do some start and sit things uh, pregame. You know, the who should I start, who should I sit stuff, of course. And through the season, I just like to write some interesting articles, try to get a little different perspective on stuff and go 
you know, I'll go against the grain on some articles. We'll try to make you think a little bit, laugh. So I'm having a ball writing, and it's been real exciting. Yeah, and FFD uh, 260 is, is definitely a great site uh, to go, you know, read multiple articles, different points of view. Uh, I, I know me and, and the guys, Arms and Knit, who uh, can't be with me because it's midnight. <laughs> they uh, they like FFD Dynasty a lot. <laughs> and uh, as far as your followers go, uh, that'll come. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you just, uh, once you put yourself out there a little bit, which Frank did with us, you know, a couple messages back and forth, and, and there you go. A, a connection that we can probably bank on, you know, multiple times throughout the upcoming season. Yeah, I really, I really enjoy writing. I love fantasy football. I've been playing forever and a day. I do a bunch of leagues, different styles, dynasty, auction, um, redraft. So I do probably more than one should, you know, what's the rule for never more than three leagues, four leagues at a top, but it gets, it, it, it gets easy to get carried away once the season starts. Give it, give us a little bit, uh, just a tidbit of, of what kind of strategies, uh, you're writing about right now. Like maybe, maybe a top one or two sticking points, uh, to what you feel can help somebody, uh, Im- improve in their league from year to year. Yeah. With, with myself, I, I started the auction drafts, you know, like all of us, we start out doing the standard snake drafts and you get stuck settling for whatever best players available at your pick, which kind of stinks. But as the auction drafts have come on, just research and I couldn't find much for any good detailed strategy for it. And that's really what I'm into. I like to look at it from all different angles. And so now that I've been doing it for quite a few years, I enjoy the strategy of it, it's like poker. I mean, you got some guys that like this style, some guys that like that. So I did a three-part series. The first one, just to kind of recap for different styles of players that you've got in there. You've got, you know, your whales. that will auction out all their money for, they want brown bells, you know, the three-headed monster. And then they're, they're broke it by the end of the auction. You got other guys that are grinders that, you know, they, they know good bit of information, They'll spend wisely. They'll get some top guys. They'll get some sleepers. Um, then you get some penny pinchers down there that'll walk away from an auction draft with 50 bucks surplus. And you go, well, wait a minute. You didn't even, you passed up all your guys because it was too expensive. So a lot of different strategies like that. The second part I just put out a couple, I think it was last week, the um, way to build your own custom cheat sheets. I mean, you go online and you can find some good stuff everybody's got different rankings and top 200s and and whatnot but how would you put one together based on your likings you know who do you like who do you not like who there's guys that you know i didn't like this past year and people are like you're crazy why you why wouldn't you bump him up or vice versa but just going with your gut how would you build a sheet so i broke it down into tiers how you can build like a tier one through two two to three three to four or five however many you want, just make it a real custom sheet fit for you and what you want to do in your league. Um, I'm going to get uh, part three released here coming up. That'll kind of tie everything in together. And as far as executing the draft, when you go step into an auction draft live, you know, what's your strategy? What happens when, when the wheels fall off and, and things start going, not how you expect it, how do you handle it? How do you bounce? A lot of people can lose it. Of course, you know, you, you may have a few drinks on the draft day, so that'll make it even more interesting. But just different angles, styles, it's it's a lot of good stuff in there, something you can definitely learn from. There's still a lot of people that haven't done auction drafts. They've heard of them. 
they don't want to do them. But whatever the case, I mean, it's, you always can get somebody new on that and say, hey, look, check this out. And, and it'll turn your whole league around, especially live, doing it live in person. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, if you if you play Dynasty, like you know me, Arms Knit, we talk about how Dynasty and IDP are the next step up, uh, you know, from just playing, you know, maybe a regular Dynasty with no IDP, uh, or if you're coming from redraft. But uh, if you want to take it a step further, that to me that's where auction comes in because that uh that gets down to the the nitty gritty on actually managing a team and spending wisely. And, and, uh, like you said a second ago, Frank, about drinking and auction drafting, not a good idea. Cause you'll be that guy standing there with most, not of his a good money. idea. No, not at all. You'll be that guy standing there with most of his, uh, auction cash, uh, waiting to bid on Jakeez Rogers. So don't do that. Right. Yeah. You can always have a few, you loosen up a little bit, but yeah, I mean, you want to kind of keep your head in the right place. Cause otherwise they can get away from you fast. And I learned, I learned a lesson this past year doing it as an, the auctioneer and the commission of the league. You know, that was, I, I think I got to divvy up some of the duties here because that was a little overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, it can be. I, I've ran a uh, contract league a time or two, and, and that's a little that's a little much for me. I'm too impatient for that kind of stuff. But I'll be honest, never played in an auction league. So uh, maybe maybe you, Frank, are just the guy to, to get me introduced eventually uh, to an auction league. I've done some salary cap. I've done, you know, contract years, but not an auction league yet. Yeah, definitely. To get into the auction, I think the the journey of a fantasy football player from from day one, no matter when you've started, you've always started out with your standard fantasy league, and it's it's pretty neat how you've, hopefully you've explored and got into some different leagues as far as some variety, like you'd said, with Dynasty, IDP, all different styles of stuff, the dra- even the DraftKings and you name it. Just a, a journey is, is different, but I always like to spice it up, mix it up, do some different things for your league if you're running a league. Um, do change it up. Do a lot of, Keep it interesting. Keep everybody on board. I have it, I had a couple leagues that, that disbanded. We did, you know, Dynasty, and people get tired. Oh, you're always winning. The same teams are always winning, and try to put another one back together. But if you can mix it up and add some different flavors in there with whether it's prizes or auction drafts some you know anything to keep it interesting that's how you're gonna you'll keep a good league together for a long time do you have any uh, specific strategy uh, that you use when participating in an auction draft yeah for strategies i mean you can go you can go a million different ways if if you got a good poker face absolutely um you you can kind of use the error of recency as far as like preseason goes. I mean, there's always some, some hot players. If you know your own teams, which is the best angle and you've got some people that are loyal to certain guys, Hey, you know, this guy went to Ohio state. He loves this receiver and man, he's, he's locked on that guy. Auction comes up. You throw him out early. He's all over it. The guy's going to, he don't care what the price is. That's his guy. He's going to bid him up and you throw him out for, he could end up, you know, his value is say eight to ten bucks, and somebody pays fifteen to twenty-five because they just love the guy. They got to have him. You know, you can throw guys out early. You can create a run on a position, um, which is it's a it's a great strategy. You just start getting rid of quarterbacks. You, every time your picks up, you, your your time is 
up to nominate, just throw a quarterback every time, two, three in a row, the whole league can panic. Hey, oh, i got to get my QB. Russell Wilson's gone. Oh, damn it, Tom Brady's gone. Oh, man. People start panicking, and when that panic sets <laughs> in, Maybe you some drinking too. You forgot, you know, they've been drinking a few beers and, oh man, I got to get a quarterback. I haven't even took one yet. You can get a run on a position that creates a lot of panic. I like to do that. Um, smack talking, I mean, talk some junk in between the picks too. You can get, throw some guys off their game, <laughs> make them second guess. You're throwing 10 bucks in for him? No way. Maybe some people jump, get scared off and say, oh, maybe I am overpaying. Boom, you can land a sleeper. Right there. I mean, there's so many different things. I never really realized it until we started really getting into this in my own uh, family league. And it's just so much fun. Just a bluff. I mean, there's a lot of different angles you can pull on draft day. It's really fun. Oh, yeah. And you could probably, uh, you know, force people's hands to to also spend more than they want to spend with, with a, uh, you know, Marshawn Lynch. He's he's going to absolutely go crazy this year. You're only you're only going to throw ten on him. You got to go higher than that on Marshawn Lynch. Oh, definitely, definitely. If you can play to your other opposing team's favorites, if you know their favorites, run those guys. Oh man, it's it's great because then they're in the conundrum of, oh, am I overpaying? But I really want them. You know, and you put them on the spot. The timer's clicking down, and yeah, stop, pull the trigger, and just do it. I mean, you can nominate a lot of people, too, ahead of where their value is at. If you're looking at guys for, you know, third, fourth round, bump them up into the second. Just throw them out there. Somebody will, will say, oh, yeah, I mean, you, and like I said, if you can combine them with creating a run on some receivers, throw some lower-tier guys in there. If you're sitting there with your sheet that you've made, like I was telling you on my other article, with a custom-tier sheet, the way I look at it is I'm going to break down maybe the four to five players in that tier that I really like. And whether I get one specific one, that's great. But if I don't get them and I can still grab somebody in that tier, that's a win. That's definitely a win. So if you look at it that way, you don't get too wrapped up into specific players, but not everybody looks at it that way. So if they're looking at their, you know, Antonio Brown or David Johnson and they're locked in, they'll pay 70 bucks for the first pick off the board for that. That's who they got to have by all means. That's who they're taking. So, you can look at it in different angles and different perspectives. If you can jump in the head to other team team's owners, you've got a big, big advantage on your on your draft day for sure. Yeah, and like you were saying earlier, definitely uh, be wary of your surroundings. If you see a a couple guys in uh, San Francisco hats, uh, you can you can probably hedge your bets that uh, you can get them to spend a little extra on Garoppolo this year. Exactly. Yeah, the, the era of recency, I think, in fantasy football is very big. Not a lot of people talk about it, but if you look at some top 200 lists that come out, if I break them into like three sections. If you look at the, the very first runs of you know fantasy rankings after the Super Bowl, print one out and save it. Then print another one out after the draft. And then do another one, maybe week two or three of the preseason, and then one final one right before the season they will all be completely different. There'll be some similar rankings and orders, but the recency is so crazy. It's like the draft status bias that this player was so high when the season ended, he can either naturally fall or even a lower-ranked player can just move up. And if you can identify a lot of those players, people will either overpay or underpay, and you can score on a lot of them, but it's very different. That's why I like doing my own custom sheet because it, 
what stays fresh in my mind may not stay fresh in somebody else's mind. So when people had Gurley last year tank on their team and they were like, God, God, Gurley's a bust last year. God, he didn't do anything. 2017 rolls and they got a new coach, a new system, upgraded offensive line. The recency in my league, a lot of people were saying, God, I ain't taking Gurley again. Maybe they didn't pay attention as close, but I said, man, he's got an upgraded offensive line, new coach, new system. He's got to be better than he was last year. So he dropped in my league quite a bit, and I grabbed him. I had him the whole season. He was killer. We all know what he did this season. So if you can look at different things at different points that are important to you and say, this is what I'm banking on right here, and this is why, stick with it. Stick with your gut. Ride it out, even if it's way early or way late. If those facts have led you to your choice, stick with it because you don't want to flip-flop a lot. That's what, what screws up a lot of people, too, on, on a draft day. When any league, any style league, you know, somebody has a breakout preseason, boom, they're the, they're the next anointed one, and, they, and they're not. <laughs> no, no, and, and you absolutely have to be sort of like a quarterback that just threw an interception. You have to have a short memory of who uh, may have screwed you over last year and, and just forget about that. Like, you know, if, if this year comes and Amari Cooper falls to, you know, a, a good spot to where he's a great value, don't pass on him because he may have burnt you last year. Like, take the value. I, I mean, absolutely – Year to year, players are going to do different things. I mean, very rarely do players put up the exact same numbers year in and year out. So, you know, take that chance, have a short memory, and uh, and don't don't blackball a player because they didn't do what you thought they would last year. Yeah, Cooper is definitely a good one for this upcoming season, especially with all the hype that Gruden has said that he's going to be the centerpiece of the offense and top top receiver. I mean. We'll see how it plays out, but he's he's another one. I, I'm not going to bump him down just off what happened last season because there's a, there is a lot of value there if you can land him at the right spot. So he's one I'm I'm kind of excited for. Yeah, me too. Because he is, you know, he's going to fall. If he doesn't, then you're in a league full of very inexperienced owners, and you should probably find yourself a new league. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's some good competition. There's some good knowledge, but it, it's it's great because I think the auctions are really all about the value, where you place value, and that's very subjective to people that that do fantasy football. You know, people have got their favorites, their dislikes, like you said, and some can get locked in on certain players, other ones can't. And the way you look at a team and how they, they develop, you know, you can look at like a coaching perspective, I guess, who's calling the plays, what kind of style are they running, what's the division that they're in. Other people just look straight up at the player. Well, this player's He's these measurables. He's he's a forty four forty guy. He's this or that, and that they look at it all for the specific player versus coaching. So you get a lot of different different views that go in there. That's what makes it fun, you know. And and now, like I said, if you create your own cheat sheet, you're putting those in order that you want. So in an auction draft, you're you're never going to settle for who the best available is because you're always going to nominate the player that you want or necessarily don't want. Um, and you, you build your own team. The dynasty, you know, I'd like to get one going for a dynasty league too because keeping that same roster intact and turn it over, that's a lot of fun too. I mean, you're it's like a real-life GM. <laughs> that's your team. You can put a salary cap in there. You can do a lot of a lot of fun stuff. Absolutely, and, and you can do the same thing. You can make your cheat sheet and uh, literally just go through and cross the players off as they're picked. 
And then uh, the hardest part about that, though, is when you when it's your turn to draft and the top guy on your sheet, uh, you know, that's not marked off, sometimes you pass on him. And it's always confused me because I make this cheat sheet and I try to stick to it and, and it, you know, it gets to my pick and there's the, the name at the top of my list that hasn't been scratched off yet. I can't tell you how many times I've passed over that name just in the spur of a moment and went with somebody a couple spots lower. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. You get caught up in the moment. And that's, I kind of did that too with my tier rankings as far as just to discipline myself because I've done that same exact thing. I go, why? Oh, I just left this guy sitting right there. If you can, I, I put it in the article is highlight, you know, your dream pick, just put a, put a yellow highlight through that guy and say, if everything falls correctly, this is my guy. And you got one per position. Your next highlighter, say blue, in that tier one, tier two, is going to be say, okay, if that guy was gone, this is who I'd pick. So you should, you have one or two spot highlighted players, and then when the draft is unfolding, if they're gone, hopefully there's one other player in that tier. Just take that tiered player. That's what I tell myself. I'm going to, I'm going to take that. Whoever's in that tier is who I'm taking because the way I've set that up, that's the best available player. You can do. You could do it a lot of different ways, but I think it works easiest in the moment to keep you on track and focused as to say, all right, well, three of these top tier or tier two guys are gone. I got two left. Who do I like more out of the two remaining versus looking down a whole numbered ranking and going, well, this guy, and you try to remember in the moment that you're on a clock. So just keep it there and it's how, this year it really helped me stay where I wanted to be because that happened to me. You get a monkey wrench into the plan or somebody takes your guy, or maybe you hit your limit. You say, hey, this is my budget for this player A is, is $57. I'm not going over it. Or my player for, for, you know, this guy, I'd like to use him as a flex. It's not going to be more than 12 bucks. And if you're disciplined, you, you call it at the 12, you know, you miss out. Somebody else paid 18 for him. Let it go. Get to your next guy. Get to the next bracket. Here. And keep going, but you'll still put a pretty good team together if you if you set it up the way you want and the players you truly like. Absolutely, and I like the uh, I got to say I like the color coding, the different shades of highlighter. I think we can coin that and maybe market it in your favor as like Big Frank's Freaky Rainbow System or Big Frank's Freaky Cheat Sheet. You know, rainbowish. You know, unicorns drawn out to the side. I like it. I like the different color highlighters. Oh yeah, yeah. I- that's why I put like the Skittles rainbow of chaos. Cause that's what, you know, some people are making fun of me <laughs> on the, on the draft day. I said, look, I got this set up. This is the, the biggest thing is put it to how you want it, how you're going to remember it. And he, even if you need a little key code or something, you know, blue equals sleepers, but if you've got two to three per tier, it's like a lot on, on, but you've constructed it. So you know how it breaks down and you know what your, your eyes are looking at. It's really nice. It's really clean and simple. But to another person, yeah, they're, they're looking at it. Like, what are you, what are you doing with that thing? What are you going to, how do you know, make sense of that? I'm like, I wrote it. So I'm good. They, they all thought it was a joke, but it really worked. I just scratch them all off. It was a, it was a fun draft. Absolutely. They may be laughing at your, uh, Lisa Frank looking, uh, cheat sheet now, but at the end of the season, it, it'll be Mr. Frank that's laughing. Yeah. You could, I mean, you could go and laminate the damn thing and <laughs> you could have it like the, the big, big play call sheet game day. Absolutely. Show up to your auction draft, uh, you know, with, with one of the forearm wraps on with that inserted right in the middle of it, really throw your competition off. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, you could do maybe a flip side with some goofy stuff in case it got stolen. And <laughs> <laughs> the funny notes, what you're writing or who you're looking at. But, I mean, yeah, if you keep it simple, it, it's going to work for you. You really, that's the biggest thing I can biggest thing I can stress is just keep it simple, keep it readable, and you're set. You will have a huge advantage. I, you know, you watch people come into a, a live auction draft. Some people have a ESPN cheat sheet they printed out. Other people have some handwritten notes. Um, my brother went in blind, no nothing. He didn't even know what he was going to do for it till the day of. I mean, it's everybody's strategy is different. It's so it's so fun to see who puts what into either preparation or execution. It's it's hilarious. So if you're the most prepared man on that draft day, I'm telling you, you got a you got a good shot of coming out of the gate with a good team. And if you got a lot of good pieces, you can trade. I mean, you, you set up some trades for later, too. You know, if you got a good bench and you got some deeper depth in there, you can set up a trade for, say, after week three, week four, when people start to panic on guys. You know, they want to dump somebody early, and you're going, man, you're a fool to put him on a trade block. You got somebody decent, trade them. Trade them. Absolutely. So it's, it's a good, good, good foot in the door for the season. Yeah. I, uh, I, I admit I go into a lot of drafts thinking, uh, thinking trade with a lot of my picks. I mean, I, there's a lot of guys that I just do not like. I just drafted Leonard Fournette, uh, in a podcasters league, um, that, uh, my buddy Dave from gut check dynasty started. And, uh, I, I'm not a Fournette guy. I, I really don't want to keep Fournette. I have issues with his with his ankle I think it's long term and I and I don't like guys that don't catch the ball well and but I drafted him uh, mainly to trade him so uh, that's always you know a little piece of strategy too don't be afraid to draft a guy you may not want to keep because you you can deal him and I've already got you know a dozen offers on this guy so you know sometimes you got to keep that in mind uh, draft to trade exactly yeah a lot of the later rounds and tiers you can you can get a few players that you're like yeah I don't know, but you're never going to take a look back and save your, your draft day roster and then look at your playoff. If you make it into the playoffs, look at that playoff roster. It should look significantly different. You know, a lot of them you turn over. You should turn over a lot through the year, depending on who's, if you're an active trade league. We did probably, probably did more than we've done in the past for uh, our league here this past year in mind, which was good. And I like to package a lot of two for one trades, you know, if you got a guy, just if you want a stud player, wrap, wrap one of your guys up with another one, give him a two for one, just do it. If you, if you think it's going to make the difference, I mean, there's, it's a lot of different ways to, to get rid of those players too, from the early stages of the season. If, if they're hanging on your roster, depending on what you want to do to move up. Absolutely. But yeah, Frank, it's been some great advice. A uh, little bit of auction uh, knowledge for our listeners out there. If you don't mind, tell the folks where they can find you again on Twitter and uh, where they can read your articles. On Twitter, you can follow me at the FFL Wire. I'm also with at FF Dynasty 260. And then uh, I wanted to say too on your other your latest podcast, you guys were talking about Ozzy covering Sublime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I saw that band at a dive bar in Wisconsin. I think it was like an Ozzy tribute band, but they only covered Sublime songs kind of thing. I I was very confused when I went in there. You have definitely, definitely got to hit up uh, my co-host Arms and let him know 
when they may be back around. Because <laughs> I guarantee he will book the first flight to Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. every I mean, Wisconsin is full, full, chock full of cover bands. So anywhere you want to go, you see them all summer long. All two months of summer, they're around. Well, I, I have a buddy that lives up there, so I very well may come to see Sublimey Osborne. There you go. Yeah, or if you guys are up for Packer games, let me know. I'll, we'll get you set up, man. Ooh, let's not go that far. No no Packers games for me. Come on. Come on. We'll get you out there. No, nah, I'm kidding. They're not a team that I dislike. They're actually my dad's favorite team. So uh, so I, I would they? definitely. Yeah. Yep. He's a, he's a big Favre guy, big uh, Aaron Rodgers guy now. But, but yeah, he's a cheesehead, so I don't hate on him too bad. You can't just totally disrespect yeah. your parents' teams. <laughs> and we'll get you out there get some beer spilled on you some brats and you name it absolutely I guess, I'm, I'm from Baltimore Maryland so I got dual citizenship on my teams so I'm strictly Ravens Packers if, if anybody's out there and they're really interested for you know AFC NFC North specific stuff hit me up for Packers or Ravens any of that stuff divisional I'm up on that probably more than anything and then little baseball you know i'm into baseball too so but league-wide yeah i love fantasy football is it for me it's sports junkie you know awesome next time we uh do a little piece that involves uh some green bay packer or baltimore ravens uh you know deep analysis i know exactly where i'm going so good good information to know absolutely yeah let me know anything divisional too but browns brown i got a lot of thoughts on the browns this year i, I like what they're gonna do yeah, me too. I, I'm actually drinking the Cleveland Kool-Aid right now. See, I thought that most people are saying no, same old Browns, because every time no. I talk about that, they say, oh, it's same old Browns, you're an idiot. And I'm like, no, I'm telling you, man, it's it, it's different now. It's, it's gonna You watch. It's not going to be same old Browns anymore. No, no, yeah, this you're is completely crazy. different. <laughs> this, this is completely yeah. Oh, different. Oh, yeah, that's going to be good. I think I think we got a, a solid, legit turnaround in, in the works in the works i agree with you 100 percent. that's probably why we're uh doing this little interview together so frank again thank you for coming on uh everybody go give him a follow uh some good stuff and i'm sure we'll hear from him on the show again in the future and uh thanks we appreciate your time and uh we'll probably talk soon absolutely thanks for having me on i appreciate it and have a good day absolutely you as well all right definitely appreciate frank coming on the show uh like i said no fluff uh we're going a little you know, fantasy football counselor, shout out to that guy. Talked to him on Instagram a couple of nights ago. We're going no fluff on this one. Just a couple of interviews, uh, just, uh, you know, getting some, some stuff out there for people that want to hear the, the actual fantasy stuff. No bands, uh, no big hand jokes, uh, no Jedi mind tricks, no star Wars, none of that. Uh, so you could almost call this the anti gut check dynasty show. Uh, not a bad way to go. Uh, no, just kidding. Uh, check out the YouTube series as well. I uh, started the uh, Pod Meets uh, series on YouTube uh, where we, or more specifically, I talk to uh, other fantasy football podcasts and soon, you know, other podcasts in general. Just something I kind of want to do. like getting to know people, especially ones I've talked to on Twitter. So keep an eye out for that. Definitely a good follow there. And uh, also... If you want more Back Row Fantasy Show, check out Patreon. I'll post a link right after the show. Uh, you can support the show 
We're going to try to get you some uh, rankings for Patreon uh, supporters only and possibly even an extra show uh, per month for Patreon supporters. And that starts out at just a buck a month just to help support the show, keep it going, keep it rolling. Uh, So look out for that link uh, after I post the show here shortly. Uh, Become a Patreon of the show. Help us make more episodes and, uh, you know, keep food on the table for our five kids toiling in the fields. Appreciate it, guys. Uh, We'll see you Wednesday. Hopefully you enjoyed the interview episode of the Back Row Fantasy Show. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. This concludes another episode of the Back Row Fantasy Show. Thanks for listening, and be sure to give us a review.